Welcome to the Call to Build podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Morgan Jackson, and here we're going to be discussing how to build the kingdom of God, tell people about Jesus, and love the world through the way God has made each of us individually unique to build His kingdom. We cannot do this without you. Let's get building. Hi guys, this is episode four of Called to Build. So before we get into this episode, I want to announce who won the contest for sharing the hashtag Call to Build when the podcast released. And that is Lexi from at Jesus Coffee Mom Life. That's her Instagram handle. And Lexi, I will be in touch with you so we can schedule a podcast interview in what you're doing and highlight you. And also, I will send you a coupon code for that preview of that free digital course that I have coming out very soon. So congratulations, Lexi. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I think we all struggle with to some degree, and that is comparison. Yesterday, I even did another podcast interview, and we were talking about this very thing, and It's so easy to look at people who are around us, who are friends on social media, or maybe even pursuing something that is in a similar lane to us and not compare ourselves to them. I think even as women, wives, or mothers, we can look at other people in those exact positions and think, well, I don't have that, so therefore I'm failing. And oftentimes, because comparison makes us feel bad about ourselves, even start judging those people because somehow judging them and maybe putting them in a box or saying, well, this is why they can do that. This is why they are like that. If we can somehow villainize the people that we compare ourselves to, then we make ourselves feel a little bit better because... There's a reason why they have that, why they're able to do that, and all those reasons are bad, and so therefore I feel better about myself now. And no matter what the reason is that we are comparing, the outcome is never healthy or good for us. So I think it's important to really take some time and talk about why we struggle with comparison and what is at the root underneath it all. And if you really take time to do some digging and you look at someone who, for some reason, we have trigger people. And I suppose if we all went to counseling or talked to a psychologist or psychiatrist, Somehow, probably, those people might trigger something from our childhood that we received a message on some level that we weren't good enough. And no matter who we are and how well-adjusted and mature we are spiritually or mentally or whatever it is, there's going to be things and sometimes even seasons that we go through that people just set us off in our insecurity. I am going to be super honest with you right now. I am struggling right now so much. And it's for seemingly minute reasons, things that 
I really tell myself it's not that big of a deal. But if you're a girl, (laughs) and most of you probably are, you understand that having the ability to look cute (laughs) or feel better about yourself is so important. And although it's not the thing that is our identity, this is something that I'm struggling with right now. Um, Back in May, I got my hair done and for whatever reason it just I I got it bleached so that it would be lightened and I guess left the color on for too long and my hair is fried if you guys (laughs) could see me some of you have my family in particular most people have not seen it at its rarest form but I do have pictures so if you really want to see then email me. I will send you some. <laughs> no shame in my game. But if I were to like go in the in the pool or get out of the shower and just leave my hair, I could pull it to up and it would just stay like that. It's completely fried. And the only way to fix it, first of all, is to use heat on it and Okay, this isn't a hair tutorial, but (laughs) I'm telling you, it's just not, it makes it worse and worse and worse. I've gotten um, moisturizing treatments, all the stuff. Okay, you guys, I have done it all. And the only real thing that's going to help is for it to grow out. And I grew up as a blonde. I mean, I was a blonde child, and so I've always been a blonde, except for a few, you know, mistakes (laughs) doing some crazy stuff with my hair but for the most part I I've been blonde and so my roots though are now much darker I think I'm more of like a ash dirty dishwater blonde (laughs) if you want to say it as it is and so the only thing that I can do at this point is let it grow and when I went to a hairdresser for a moisturizing treatment she said it could take up to two years for it to be back to normal now for good bad or indifferent in a lot I am not so good at makeup I have always been carrying a little bit of extra fluff if you know what I mean there have been a lot of things that I know I don't measure up when if I'm going to measure myself to other people but I have always been so happy with my hair and so to be able to just think in my head wow I'm not going to have my hair back for two years has been demoralizing in a lot of ways because no matter what I do, I can try and blow dry on low for as long as I can and use every moisturizer that there is and try all the magical shampoos that everyone tells me to try. And the only real answer is to wait, wait for it to grow. And we just did that last episode about seasons uh, and I think that's the thing is I'm trying to really embrace okay Lord like what are you trying to teach me with this because it is affecting my self-esteem so deeply to where I cry about it a lot I think it's because there's really there's no answer to it and again like even saying this out loud I think really (laughs) um it's just hair but um it it just there's nothing that can make it look good and so I don't ever feel pretty and I think the people who are listening to this I think you'll just you'll understand that and not judge me for caring about my hair 
But so I'm looking now at people who are together and probably aren't struggling. And I feel like with this one thing, it just snowballs. And I start seeing all the things that are wrong with me. And then it's so easy to look at other women who have regular hair <laughs> and have the cute clothes and have outfits and whatever. And I mean, for me right now, it's just really physical, but that can easily translate into they have this home or they have this ministry or they have this family, whatever. It's so easy when we are especially vulnerable to our own shortcomings and they're right up in our faces it almost hurts more to see people in our lives or on our social media feeds in more it's more realistic let's be honest um, who just seem to affirm the fact that we are not measuring up and we have to really dig to the bottom of why am I feeling like this? What is what is the actual message that I'm receiving in this that's coming up when we're dealing with this stuff? And I think one of the main ones is that we are just so afraid that we're not good enough. We all struggle with that. And like we like I said, it's sometimes in greater seasons and less in other seasons, but we're struggling this you know, where do I fit in in this world? Do I have something of, of value? And compared to so-and-so, I don't, right? We have a fear that we are not going to be accepted or liked. I am so mean to myself sometimes, and I know you guys must do this as well, where I assume that other people are going to be as mean to me as I am to myself. I put little thought bubbles above their head and they're, they're saying mean things. When I was struggling deeply in my depression, this was a huge fact for me and I really had to work on taking my thoughts captive. And the thing is, is God often allows these things in our life so that we can remain dependent on him. He wants us to know that even with messed up hair or a little extra fluff on our bodies or not the perfect family, we are 100% loved by him. And going through seasons where we can say, look, I am not good enough, but I can still receive God's love. Really, other people don't have a lot to do with that when we get to the very bottom of what it is that we're fearing and that we're struggling with a lot of times it has to do with how we're viewing ourselves and how we're allowing to let God in into those places another thing that I really tried to dig at was sometimes when there's another girl who is getting something that in particular I have been praying for I, it's easy for me to feel like on some level that God has chosen her above me and that in some way God is rejecting me and approving and accepting her. And this is something we really have to work against because that is just not true. We all have our seasons and our times. And I think it's so important that we really fight this and we say, you know, God, what? What season am I in? Help me to stand with open hands. And more than that, help me to figure out a way where I can stop 
receiving a message that somehow how her winning and her succeeding and her doing her thing is any kind of commentary on me. We believe in this um, limited amount of beauty and success and worth. And we think that if someone else has it, then I can't also. And God is a God of abundance. And if you look at humanity, you'll see every different kind of eye color, every different kind of hair, every different kind of body. And you know what? We have to learn to appreciate our differences. And we don't look at that and we think, oh, that's awful. We should all look the same. Because the thing is, is that that's the beauty of life. If every tree looked the same, if every flower looked the same, it would be some kind of weird Stepford Wives <laughs> reality. It's the differences and sometimes it's even the flaws and the personality traits that maybe we wish we didn't have. We wish we weren't so extra sometimes. I'm speaking for myself. Um, we, we wish we didn't struggle with that certain thing that it seems like no one else struggles with. But the famous quote goes, we are comparing our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reels. We know what we're dealing with <laughs> with ourselves, like my whole hair fiasco, right? And we think like, I don't even want to put myself out there because I'm, I'm in the middle of rejecting myself. But what if we let God love us in the middle of that and stop looking at other people and say, why? This is not fair, unfair. And I'm going to push people away because they make me feel some kind of way. You know, people in the Bible struggled with this. And we see that in Luke 9, there's an argument between the disciples who were with Jesus himself. So, I mean, if we struggle, come on, like at least they were with him and they struggled. So grace for us all, right? But they said, who's going to be the greatest? And sometimes that's what comparison is all about. Like, where do I fall in the line of greatness, I suppose? Or, you know, if there's a race, where am I in this race? And the Lord knew their thoughts and he brought a child in front of them. And he said, whoever wants to be greatest needs to become like this child. And you know what? I, I have a little boy who is a delight. Both of my kids are a delight. Um, one is more cerebral like me, like can't get out of his head sometimes. And the other one is just completely oblivious <laughs> to overthinking, which is a lot more like my husband, but he's my youngest one. And so he's still kind of in that little boy way of being. And I, I pray that he stays there as long as possible, but he is just completely himself. He is not concerned if you are interested in what he's doing. He is not concerned if you are doing something similar to him. He's just being himself. And I find a lot that as I look at him and, and delight in watching him be himself, that I wonder if God is like that with us. You know, this is what being childlike is all about and really letting go of all of these pretensions and trying to become greater and greater. I think wanting a lot of fruit in our life is good and it's right because in John 15, it says it's to the Father's glory that we bear much fruit, but we have to know where that comes from. 
And that comes from being in a place of dependence on him and being remaining in that vine. And that's where our fruit comes from, you know, and it's okay that we struggle with this, but we have to put things in place to help us fight against it. One thing that we can do for that is simply learn how to define what we are going to see as successful. Because if in our head, like for me right now, okay, a successful person is someone with good hair and I can't have success, so therefore I am mad at life. (laughs) Where if I help retrain and reshape and reframe my thinking to where, okay, you know what? Success is going to be defined to me today as I define success as my kids feeling content and secure that is going to help me feel successful i define my success as getting getting a certain amount of posts written this week and that is my success or my success is going to be spending time with god and really engaging in worship this week and that is what i'm going to define as success when we set those things and then we meet those things we have already a clear definition of but to me I have reached those things and I define that as success so therefore I'm good her definition of success might be something completely different and so why are we basing what we think we should do on somebody else and that's what leaves us frustrated a lot of the time you know it's our responsibility to plow our fields and a lot of times You know, maybe that's ministry. Maybe that's, you know, taking care of our families. But maybe that's also sometimes cultivating our hearts. And that is our responsibility, allowing God to do the work inside us. And, you know, sometimes dig up those roots that keep screaming at us. The the lies of the enemy. The Lord wants to speak to us. He wants to replace all of those things with his truth and sometimes he just needs us to hold still long enough to say this is why you struggle with that sometimes it's the practicalities of what is it that is triggering us to run in comparison all the time because i if you're like me comparison leads me to anxiety and anxiety just makes me hot 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 mess (laughs) so What can we do to guard ourselves against these things? For me, I shared this in the other podcast, is sometimes I cannot spend a lot of time looking at what other people are doing, especially people that I admire, that I want to be like, or who I feel like are even my peers sometimes, because it triggers in me this message of you are not good enough. If you were a really good mother, you would do this because look at what she's doing. If you were a good Christian, you would be doing this. Look what they're doing. And I need I need to do some root work with God in this area so that every little thing that comes up in me isn't triggered by seeing someone else just simply living their life. It's silly, but sometimes when we're in those extra sensitive seasons, Let's be wise and just take that out of our lives. I mean, we can sit and torture ourselves looking over and over in this 
capacity when we don't have to we can put our phones down and say no like i'm going to go spend some time with the lord i'm going to go worship and remember who he is and who he says i am and just really concentrate on some truth for a while because when we're sometimes mindlessly scrolling in our digital age it's easy to not take our thoughts captive you know it's just whatever comes in as we're just scrolling and so to be proactive in in that that's that might be a helpful scenario so at the end of the day i just want to leave you with one more story from the bible and it's in john 21 and it's after peter has denied jesus and they're on the beach and jesus is restoring peter right i love this picture of relationship and you see john come walking up and peter says to jesus after jesus has just finished telling him you're going to suffer all these things this is what's going to happen to you or peter's question about john is and what about him and that's a lot of times the questions that we're asking we're struggling we we look at people we see and we think well they're not struggling struggling what about them what about them lord and jesus answer is so pertinent to the question that we're asking as well and he said if i want him to remain alive until i return what is that to you you must follow me there's so many things that can paralyze us by looking at what other people are doing and asking the lord or getting caught up in this is not fair or judging people because they're doing something that we think they shouldn't do or they're doing something that we wish we were doing etc and i think jesus's answer to us is what is that to you your job is to follow me so let's follow him closely and do what he is asking us to do no matter how big or how small thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening to the call to build podcast It would be so helpful if you would rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it and share it with your family and friends so that others can be encouraged in building the kingdom of God in their special and unique way. If you want to take a screenshot of your podcast app and put it up on Instagram stories, be sure to use hashtag call to build and I'm going to be shouting out others who are building God's kingdom. Thank you for being here. Now let's get building.